how to be awesome at making decisions based on the 90-year-old you. We don't get to split test life, right? So we can't see what it looks like if we take the job or start the business, or if we marry this person versus this person. But the idea of picturing yourself at 90 years old is to me the absolute best way to make decisions because it's you as you are at 90 versus what you could have been. It's the ultimate motivator to really figure out what fulfillment and success and happiness means to you, not what is considered the society norm or what your family or friend group think. And the best part is at age 90, You won't care at all what anyone thinks. They're all 92, and the question will be, did you do the best you could with what you had? Did you run life on autopilot for most of the time, or did you really live fully and take risks and enjoy the moments? And risk is so much easier when you look at it this way. You have the pain of taking the risk and doing the hard thing, or you have the pain of not knowing what could have been. I will take the first all day. Decisions can be hard, both the big life decisions and the daily habits that we have, but I think if you position your decision-making like you're 90 and looking back at the choices you made, I think you will make the best decisions possible because the things that we get caught up in now just won't matter if we pan out to the big picture. This is a game of you versus the potential you. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. Today, we are talking about living a full life according to your own standards. We're talking about regret. We're talking about choices. And we are talking about doing it in the framework of thinking of you as the 90-year-old version of you. I think it's incredible when you sort of zoom back a lot of the things that we worry about and that consume our headspace now. If you think about it like this, if you scan back and you think about, I'm 90, is this going to matter? Is that really going to matter? Maybe it seems like the biggest thing right now. But if you take this perspective of it, you're like, are you kidding me? Why would I spend one more minute worried about that? And I think the thing is, is it's not something that we often think about of that you will be 90 one day, right? Health is, we're going to get so much more information about health and nutrition. We're all going to live to 100 and beyond, right? So let's think about ourselves as the 90-year-old versions of us. And I think that's tricky because a lot of times we don't picture ourselves, especially depending on your age, as being old or getting that old. But the thing is, we will get old and we will look back and we won't have the same opportunities that we do today, right? I love the like, these are the good old days. These are the golden years. Like we will look back one day and be like, oh, remember when my body didn't ache? Remember when I could run five miles straight? Like those days will come when we will have more aches. Things that are easy now will be hard. And not to say that in a negative, but to say that in the most empowering and alive way, right? To really, to me, this is also the best way to feel true gratitude is to sit and realize 
the things I have now, I will look back on and be like, man, wasn't that nice? I think a lot of times we are looking towards the next goal, which I think, of course, is great to set our next milestones. But I also love the saying, what you have right now is something that you always wanted. You know, sometimes we hit something or maybe you always wanted to have children and then you have children, but now you're you're not even really focusing on, man, you wanted that so badly for so long. Now you're focusing on the next thing. I think it's just so healthy and important to realize sometimes what you have right in this moment, even though you're not where you want to be, whatever it is with your job or finances, but in this other aspect of life, you have what you wanted so badly for so long. I think that's just so valuable to realize. Now, this concept, before we really dive into this, this concept, like, I mean, honestly, all concepts on this podcast and most podcasts are not complete. They're they're a combination of other really smart people's um, thoughts and opinions. And in this this specific concept of thinking yourself as the 90-year-old version of you, I've heard it the most from two people. And I'm telling you, it has impacted my mindset so much. So I always want to give credit. But a lot of times when I think it, when I have a concept that I bring to the podcast, it's kind of like not one specific book I read, but a combination of thinking about something for years or a bunch of different podcasts or things I read or books or whatever. But this one is specifically two people, Gary Vaynerchuk and Alex Hermosi. Both are, um, if you don't know, they're both fantastic people to follow on social media, especially if you're an entrepreneur and um, and driven um, driven for business success for personal fulfillment. They are both really great, but they both have a similar but kind of different take on this. And they talk about um, creating your own definition of success, not just going by what your parents think you should do, what your friends, what your friends do, what society thinks you can do, you should do, but really figuring out what it is you love, what makes you feel fulfilled and creating your own definition and standards of success, not just, not just accept what other people's definitions are, you know? So some people work really hard to get into a specific college to plan for a certain career and then deep into it realize like this is never what I wanted. I don't love this. I was doing this because this is what was expected of me. This this dream was put on me. This is not actually my dream. All those type of things. One of my favorite things that Gary Vaynerchuk, very Gary V says is regret is poison. And I believe that so much because like I said, we won't always have the opportunities that we have today. So Gary Vee positions it with, he says, ask yourself, what will you regret least when you're 90? When I'm making decisions big and small, when I'm readjusting my schedule or prioritizing things, I always think about the 90-year-old version of myself. And I'm going to talk about ways that I think I've done a good job and the ways that I think that I've failed. But what I do know is the more you think like this, the easier it gets. As you practice making decisions based on your own standards, the easier it gets. And it's all about living the life you want. Wear what you want to wear. Date who you want to date. Live where you want to live. Drive the car you want based on your finances, not for status. I'm really interested in people who really want to be famous for the approval and attention of others, 
no judgment on on fame. I think it's it's just such an interesting it's such an interesting thing, and especially in the world we live in now with likes and social media and influencers and bloggers and kids wanting to be influencers. I think that it's a like a very legitimate job for sure. I just I'm for my own kids and kind of seeing them play around with, you know, making little YouTube videos and things like that. And even in my own world, I always just want to check the I, am I doing this for my own fulfillment and not for the approval of others maybe based on what other people think of me or um, other people's standards of what success is. Like I'm one of those people where I have no desire to be famous or well-known. Like it's just not a, it's not exciting to me because it wouldn't, it wouldn't be fulfilling. It wouldn't be fulfilling in any way to, to me. And I think the whole kind of lack of privacy thing and all that stuff is just not appealing. Um, but I think that it can be, um, a real, Negative. I mean, we've seen so much in in reality shows how many how many couples end up in divorce and how many families really have struggles. That I wonder if they would have had those struggles if they weren't famous and if they weren't. I think a lot of times it's different if you are an actor your whole life or you're an artist or a singer. I think it's just a different a different process to becoming famous. But I think even then has definitely a, a big set of a big set of hurdles and even though there's so much perks and and freedom and money and all the stuff that comes from it but I think there's definitely a downside that often isn't talked about because being famous is so glamorized but listen I've seen behind the curtains of it and I just for me in my opinion for me and my own my own life and the people that I love I just don't think it's 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 what it's cracked up to be for me I think the idea of figuring out what makes you feel the most alive and what makes you, allows you to do what you want most of the time with the people that you want to do and stacking in as many tens as you can. And as we get into this, we're going to talk about living present in the moment, but I think that it really comes down to defining for yourself what makes you feel good and realizing you can do it. A lot of times we put up invisible hurdles like, well, I mean, I can't quit my job. Wait, but actually you can. You can. You just can't worry about what other people will think of it. There's a million options of what you could do to make the same amount of money. You just have to realize that you're capable of doing it and you can't worry about the judgment of others because of it. I think the freedom to fail is more fulfilling than walking through life on autopilot, you know? living under these standards that other people have created and that other people live by. It's easy, even in even in the daily, just to kind of go with what everybody else is doing. A little while ago, I decided I do not want to spend another Saturday or Sunday in like a strip mall. Now, sometimes it's fun to go to lunch and then walk. Like I love a lunch and a walk. But you know when you're just like, it's crowded, everyone's in like long lines and trying to get in and out of stores and you just feel, I'm like, why am I, why is it this beautiful day and we're at a strip mall on a weekend? Like that doesn't feel fulfilling to me. Whereas for other people, it might, like maybe other people might love the hunt of finding different things to decorate their house with or fashion pieces. And I think I used to be more like that, but for now it, it feels draining. 
It's like, man, I know that there are not an infinite number of weekends that I have on this planet. So I want to make fill them with things that make me feel alive and fulfilled and, you know, being outdoors or walking or grounding or trying new foods or just all the different things. But I think my point of that is I think that a lot of times we just wake up and do what other people are doing. Oh, okay. Well, let's go up and walk around Spectrum all day because that's like what people do. It's like, well, but is that really what you want to do? And maybe it is. And that's great. No judgment. The whole point is, is being aware and intentional about the decisions you make and the standards you set for yourself and doing what really makes you feel good, not just what you're on autopilot to do, or you do it because that's what other people do. And you don't want to, you don't want other people to think you're weird or different or, but like, are you kidding me? If my kids are always like, mom, that's weird. I can't do that. I'm like, weird is awesome. Just do what you want. No one cares. And the whole thing is everyone's worried about themselves. No one's thinking about you as much as you think they are. And I absolutely love the saying that nobody above you, like nobody that's doing better than you is shitting on you, right? It's the people who aren't doing the things you're doing. They're not branching out. They're not taking the risks. They're not putting themselves out on the field to get their ass kicked and then getting back up and trying again because you remind them when you're doing those things, you remind them of what they could have been right? You like they, a lot of people, even people that love us, that want, that have our best, our best interest in mind. It's so easy for them to project their own issues on us. So all of a sudden, maybe you've kind of done the same thing that your friends have done. Then all of a sudden you break out of it and you decide, you know what, this is what actually the path I want to take. And because they haven't gotten uncomfortable and done that work and they see you soaring in whatever way, being more happy, traveling more, making more money, choosing a different partner that makes you feel more alive, whatever it is, a lot of times even people who love us can judge us and and criticize us because it's a reflection of them. Like a lot of times the hard truth is people don't people want us to be happy and do well but not better than they are, right? So I think that all this can lead to resistance it can it's a challenge because you are going outside of what you've always done or you're going outside of what other people do and that can be tricky it can 100% be tricky but just in the beginning just in the beginning we can't follow what most people do or will have what most people have and unfortunately the sad reality is most people are unhappy or unhealthy or unhappy in their relationship, unhealthy in their un- unhappy in their job, whatever it is, you fill in the blank. But studies after studies show that the majority of people aren't happy and fulfilled like they could be. It's so easy these days with the level of insight we have into people's lives and the way we can be connected to people that we don't even know is we can set up this sort of like expectation of ourselves based on what other people are doing. We put so much weight on what other people think success is or what they do, where they work. But I think that the hard part is, is scaling back and really asking yourself, 
what actually matters to me. The bottom line of this whole thing is all that matters is you versus the potential you. You at 90, as you are at 90, versus you at 90 with what you could have been. For me personally, that possible feeling of sitting there at 90 with the regret of what I could have been is the ultimate driver for me to constantly, not even like do more, but constantly recenter, refocus. If I'm making a decision to do something and I'm like, wait a minute, like, why am I even doing this? That's not what makes me actually feel fulfilled. I understand why it makes them feel fulfilled, but it doesn't actually with me. And it also makes you makes you make harsh decisions. I've talked about on this podcast several times in my professional career, I had built up my company Million Dollar Tan for so many years. And to build a brand that you want, I had a retail side of the business and a professional side of the business where we sold to wholesalers. So there were many facets of the business. I sold my sunless tanning products on my website direct to consumers. And then I sold it, sold it wholesale to places that resold it, like Nordstrom and Planet Beauty and retailers all over. And then I also had the professional side of the business, which was like a completely separate side that sold professional spray tanning systems and tanning solution for people who wanted to offer the spray tanning service. So everything from like a high-end spa in Maui, I would set up and train them. Then later on, I would have other people train them as I grew and I wasn't able to do it all myself um, and train them to offer the spray tanning service. So there were so many different There were so many different aspects of the brand to build and it took so much time and it took so much groundwork. It's kind of like people look like they're an overnight success, but really it's like, you know, it took, it took you, it took me 10 years to be an overnight success, but I laid all that groundwork all through my twenties and into my thirties. And I just, I worked tight. I worked, I, and for me, it was what I loved. So it wasn't like, it was my favorite thing to do especially before I had a family. It was my absolute favorite thing to do. So I didn't care about working 12, 14 hour days because like I'm doing my favorite thing. But once I had a family, the timing was just so crazy because it was when I was having all of the opportunities. Everything that I had worked over 10 years to build was now an opportunity for me. And it's interesting because I had to decline opportunities that were like the goal. So I got a deal with QVC and it was like the best deal ever. My girls were like two and three. I was, you know, like feeling so rewarded and fulfilled as a mama. And I flew out. I will never forget it. I flew out and I was so jazzed to meet in Philadelphia with the heads of the beauty department of QVC to plan out my visits and their purchase orders, which would be like the biggest purchase orders I had ever had. And they would, the biggest purchase ever I had ever had. And it would be like every other week, next level. And I'll never forget the feeling of walking out of that meeting being like, oh my God, everything I ever wanted is now not at all what I want. I would have had to fly out basically every weekend of that summer 
And it's in a kind of work UVC as it's kind of like a rural area. It's not like somewhere where you would like, oh, okay, well, we're all going to Miami. So bring the family. And then when you go to work, because we would do that for, for some things I had to do too. But this is not that. Like you go there, you're working hard, and then you fly home. And so it wouldn't make sense to bring the family. And I was like, the idea of leaving my family every weekend and basically, you know, losing a summer. And I had friends who were like, you know, no, 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 you must take this opportunity because there will be lots of summers. You have the other days, but you know, like Craig works during the week. I, w- I would lose the majority of that like family time um, that I declined it. I declined an offer with QVC that I had dreamt of for over 10 years because in that moment I was like, what will I regret least? Now, at this time, I didn't have this whole concept in my mind of this looking at my 90-year-old self, but I just, I, but I did have the question of what will I regret least? And the idea of getting on a plane every Thursday night so I could do Friday, Saturday, Sunday at QVC felt like torture. And it was such a painful time and different people in my life had different opinions in different ways. But at the end of the day, I just decided, you know what, this is what feels right in this moment. So I can't regret that later on. And I'm telling you, it's a very hard thing to have that push and pull of being a working mama, like so many working mamas do, whether you work in the house to take care of the house or have a job as well. I think it all falls under a very similar category. Um, But doing that sacrifice, and listen, it's still a bruise. It will always be painful just because of what could have been, the level I could have taken my company through that opportunity. But also realizing I'm a very driven entrepreneur, um, reaching the next level of success is, is so interesting to me and something that I want. And also with more money comes more freedom and opportunities and experiences and vacations. But what I realized is I felt fortunate that I had worked hard and my husband had worked hard to where I didn't have to do it to survive because that would have been a different thing that I would have. But I just decided the trade-off is not worth it to me. I can't get back this summer that I would miss with my family and every summer after that because that's like the window of the sunless tanning season. I wait all year for my kids to be out of school, to be able to do all those adventures, and I would never be able to travel on the weekends, all the things that came with it. And I just thought, what would I regret least? It's like put on headphones, especially when you have a big decision to make, put on headphones, drown out what everybody else is saying, and just think about what's your priority and what would you regret the least in this moment? And so the sacrifice is real and sometimes you want both things, right? But you just have to figure out what's your priority? What feels the best in this moment? I think that that would be the secondary train of thought. I I think that thinking what would I regret the most when I'm 90 is the first thought. And the second thought is, what feels best right now? Because it's hard to regret you deciding what feels, what's your instinct, what feels best to you in this moment. It's hard to regret it. And listen, the bottom line is you can't, like I said in the introduction, you can't split test your life. You Like I will never see what that path would look like if I would have said yes to the QVC deal and gone running full speed in that direction. And it's probably a good thing because it would probably be an even more painful bruise if you could see that. But for me, 
that was my priority and still is. And I have to be okay with that because I know that when I'm 90, if I, if I missed, if I missed important things, I would regret that. And I definitely don't want to have that feeling, you know, I just don't want to. And there are some things, and this is one really important question, really important. Are there some things that you're saying yes to now that take your time away from something else, whatever that is, that you feel like is not aligned with your priorities? I think it's a very good question. I think all of us could adjust in some ways. Are you spending time doing things that for whatever reason, maybe you're just on autopilot, like you've always done it. You've always, you know, you're going to just keep doing that thing that you've always done. But maybe it might be time to recalibrate and think, huh, is this still aligned with my priorities and where I want to go? Because the bottom line is every, every, you know, minute you're doing something, it's a trade-off. You're not doing something else. For me, I have made a conscious decision not to not to be a part of reality show filming anymore because for me, first of all, it's long, right? So it's like six hour days. Um, but beyond that, it's not aligned with my priorities. It's not aligned with, um, it's not aligned with what I believe in, right? And I want to say that carefully because no, no judgment for people who thrive in that world. For me, it was an era, but that era is certainly over. Uh, six hours is so valuable to me. And that trade-off of what I could be doing, you know, like whatever it is, whatever it is, whether it's spending time with my family or maybe spending more time with a friend that I don't get enough time with. Can you imagine how much if you spent six hours with someone that you love that you just haven't spent enough time with, like how much growth you could have in that amount of time or six hours building a website for a side hustle that you've wanted to do or six hours starting a book or starting a blog or starting a photography side hustle, like whatever it is, I made a conscious decision that I was like, that is not fulfilling to me. That's not aligned with my priorities. Uh, The energy is not aligned with my energy or the energy that I want in my life. That chapter is closed and moving on to new opportunities. So I share my stories in a way to make you think and like give you real life examples of like, huh, what's the equivalent in my life? Or is there something like that for me? And I think that most people, unfortunately, don't unlock this. I think the best way to guarantee a life you don't want is to just do what everyone else does. Unless you want what everyone else has, which most people don't want. Again, like I said earlier, unfortunately, most people aren't really happy and fulfilled in the major aspects of their life. So why follow the path that everyone else is? And when you start thinking, completely thinking for yourself, it's very hard at the beginning because this is the life you've been sitting in. What your parents think, what your friends do. When you do it at first, it feels so scary. But the reality is once you do it more, oh, like once you do it and then like it works, you're like, oh, let I want more of that. Let's do it again. Let's go. And Also, the bigger the challenge that you face, so maybe you're in a job that drains you. You don't like your boss. You don't like what you do every day, but you're like, I uh, I don't, 
this is my skill set, whatever story you've told yourself about why you don't why you don't quit. And then maybe you make a decision today and you start making moves and action steps and then you quit the job and you get into something else that is actually fulfilling and energizing and makes you feel alive. The bigger that first wall is, you use that as evidence to climb the, climb the next wall in this whole world of thinking for yourself and thinking about yourself as you versus the best version of you, I'm telling you, once you get in the groove of doing it and you prove to yourself that it feels better, whew, it's like, what? like that worked, let's do more of that, you know? Said another way, the bigger you the, the dragon you have to slay, the more reinforcement you will have for future dragons, right? All the All the things that come after that. I think that the other thing that living in this mindset of you will be 90 one day allows you to be present. We talked about how it allows you to make decisions better, how it allows you to be grateful and have a deeper level of gratitude. But I think the other thing is it allows you to live in the present and be mindful of what you're doing and your relationships today more than anything else. A lot of times our minds are programmed to think about the past or think about the future. Like we're constantly, I I sometimes I'll find myself telling everyone, okay, today we have this and this and this, tomorrow we have this and this and this. And I'm like, I'm always just telling everyone what's in the future. How about we just like be right now? Like what does everyone happen to want to do right now? The things that can happen spontaneously can be so magical and just realizing like slow down and doesn't, that doesn't have to mean like slow your pace, like lay around, just like Like, let's stop constantly thinking about the past or thinking about the future. But like, what is today? What moments can we soak up today? Like that delicious cup of warm coffee. Or if you get outside, like waves crashing on your feet and sand in between your toes. Those moments. When you think back when you're 90, it's going to be those moments of when you just like stop all the the constant racing of your mind and the anxiety and the judgment or the judgment of yourself or others. And just like, how about I just enjoy today, right? Your 90 year old self would never, would never regret taking more time to enjoy today. Even if it's routine, even if it's errands and driving around or carpool with your kids, but like, how about we find those moments? That's why I talk about and do so many podcasts and, and focus so much myself on getting in your tens each day. Now I define a 10 is just like something that you love, makes you feel alive. It could be something like tiny, like your favorite cup of coffee, or it could be something long, like going on a one hour run or getting a facial, anything from like, you know, a five second thing to a half a day thing. But it's those things that you just love that make you feel alive recognizing what is a 10 for you and packing in as many as you can. I think when we talk about being fulfilled in the daily, slow down, soaking in the moments, it's like maximum amount of 10s. Maybe it's calling your mom and just like chit-chatting for five minutes. Like that makes you, that's a 10 for you. Fitting in as many of the things, not being so busy being busy, so busy planning for tomorrow that we're not like just enjoying today and filling today with as many tens as we can. Those things that make us feel alive and invigorated and inspired and motivated and relaxed and all the good things. The whole thing is a way to help you live fully by 
taking action and pursuing your passions and making decisions that align with what you actually want, not what standards other people have set. It's about living fully and living the best version of you according to you and making the most out of each day. And you know what I always say, like the definition of happiness and fulfillment is doing the things you love with the people you love as much as you can. The more you can do that, I think the happier you are and the closer you are to your own definition of success, whatever it is you love to do, whoever it is that you love to do it with. I think that's the answer. And I think by taking ourselves and removing all the little things, you know, I do so many podcasts on not worrying about what people think, not worrying about the judgment of others, letting go of things that don't affect you, you know, like getting so caught up in some celebrity scandal. It's like you could use that bandwidth for something else in your life because we only have so much headspace and so much bandwidth. So all those things that I always talk about, because I think that when you zoom out and think about the 90-year-old version of you, what decisions can you make today so that you won't have regrets, so that you won't regret your decisions? And I think for a lot of people, it's not It's not stepping up to the plate. It's not willing to risk failure. And the reason is because we worry about what other people think. But let me tell you, when you're 90, you're just not going to care. You know how awesome it is when you see like an awesome, like old people don't care. They don't care what other people think. That's like the best thing because we shouldn't, right? This is a game of you versus the best version of you. And I think it helps so much to let go of other people's judgment or criticism or opinions or just fear of other people's judgment because in reality, it's just not going to matter. And I think it stops us. It stops us because we're worried about failing and we're worried about what other people think of our failures. If we were in a room by ourselves, we wouldn't nearly be as concerned about failure because we would be the only person that knew about our failure. It's the risk of putting ourselves out there and other people knowing that we tried and failed at this. But as we know, we'd rather try and fail and learn the lesson a thousand times over than someone who's just being a couch critic, right? Like commenting from the bleachers, like, listen, I'm just not interested in your opinion because I'm getting back up and getting back out on the field and getting my ass kicked. And one time it's going to work and I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to figure out how to have all the things that are so important to me, whatever that is for you, health, financial freedom, love and relationships and your own personal time that makes you feel fulfilled, whatever that combination is for you, figuring out that definition of success and happiness fulfillment and doing it from the perspective of your 90-year-old self is, I think, the best way to make decisions. And I think it's the best way, the best state of mind to be in to make the best decisions that really align with the priorities that matter to you most. Thank you so much for listening. I feel like I said a million and a half words on this podcast. I feel like I talked so fast, um, but I wanted to get so much in and I love for these podcast episodes to, I mean, some end up being longer, but I like them to be, you know, like you can do them during a workout or doing a drive or doing a cooking session. And my whole goal is to really sort of, you know, all of us together hit pause on life and think about this and be really intentional about our days and the way we spend our time and the decisions we make. I hope this podcast episode was very valuable to you. 
please ping me on social media. Um, if you don't mind, um, screenshot what you're listening to right now, post it on your Instagram stories. I will repost it. It helps our podcast grow. I'm so grateful for this community and I'm grateful to you for listening and I will talk to you soon. Have an awesome day. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.